0: I'm your host Norbert Strappler, the CEO of Things Hello, and welcome to another eCom Ops podcast. Today, I have Michael and Eugene. They have Factory Pure, Anatoly, who is an entrepreneur and e-commerce expert, a salesman, Mustafa from Push Analytics, and Clayton. And he is a Shopify expert since 2019. He achieved over 20 million dollars in extra client revenue. Welcome to the show. I'm talking to Brothers, namely Michael and Eugene, they have factory pure. They started a business together. That's cool. How is the experience for you uh, working with Shopify? How do you feel when you work with the shop system? And are there any issues that you face, or is there anything what is especially good because of that? There, there are certainly some limitations as you scale. I'll, I'll let Mike talk about that
1: in a bit. But when you're starting out, it's a very easy to use platform. It's mm-hmm. it's fairly inexpensive. You don't need a developer. You can start very quickly, easily. You can make your website in a couple hours, very basic website. and Of course, you can customize it from there. But it's very easy for entrepreneurs that are starting out because you not only can make a website very easily and quickly yourself, but Shopify has a third-party app store where developers make custom integrations that you can use with your store from anything to bookkeeping or anything from bookkeeping to like, we used it even to make a custom menu. So we didn't want to hire a developer, pretty expensive. So there's some app where you make a dynamic menu and it looked pretty professional. So it's very easy to get going. As far as the limitations, I think as you scale, there's several we've run into recently, some with sales tax. So maybe Mike wants to touch on that.
2: Yeah. So some of the limitations of Shopify is related to its own reporting. So sometimes the sales reports and the sales tax reports doesn't accurately capture the amount of sales, refunds, partial refunds that you've actually processed. So especially if you're doing uh, what's called manual capture, where you're not charging the customer's credit card right away, you're putting a, a hold on it for a few days, and then you're capturing the payment later. If you capture a different amount than what was authorized, for example, like if the customer changed an order or they dropped an item from their order, they added a new item, sometimes that confuses Shopify's own reporting system. And so if you pull up the sales reports or you pull up your sales tax liabilities, it's not going to actually reflect accurately what you owe. So oh. we've built some workarounds to actually track that more accurately and happy to speak to that later. But yeah, it's definitely this um, the, the reporting side of it can present some
0: challenges at this how important is automation for you
2: well it's it certainly um is needed to automate certain flows of data in particular as you scale the business because Mm -hmm. a lot of what we were doing manually monthly sales tax reports monthly order checks like just checking the status of orders what's processed what stage of, of the process is every order in at an earlier stage of the business, a few years ago, we could do all this by hand and just you know log into Shopify, filter for unfulfilled orders, look at each one one by one. So copy and paste to fill be... up a, a shipping label. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So so all those things. It's like at some point you have to start streamlining those things. And for us, automation doesn't mean taking humans out of the process. It just means enabling a human to deal with more volume in the same amount of time. Mm-hmm. So. A lot of the automations like finding unfulfilled orders or putting together sales tax data, it still requires a human reviewer because you you would have to spend years trying to build in every single if-then statement you can think of if you want to purely automate stuff. So it's always a combination of person and the computer. In your experience, what is the most common mistake that e-commerce businesses make? We have maybe just our personal experience, but it's mm-hmm. a couple of things. So one is maybe... And in our case, to clarify, I mean, we resell products, so we're not manufacturing something. Um, other ecom businesses, like they have their own brand, they're producing something, or they're bundling or kidding. So we're reselling a product, and we have a very big catalog. It's thousands of SKUs, and so one of the mistakes is probably not being strategic at the beginning about the labeling of those SKUs, like. Uh, literally what you put as the variant SKU in Shopify. Sometimes it would just be an item number. There wasn't really a clear pattern to it. And you have to maybe envision a future where you have a more diverse catalog of different products you're selling, or maybe you're going to be bundling them together. So you have to be strategic about um, kind of the approach to titling the product and labeling these things, formatting the description in a way that you can apply the same logic to you know, hundreds more, thousands more SKUs over the next few years, rather than having to go back and adjust the format of of everything that you've already done. So, so that that's can maybe one mistake. It's a little bit general, but just not having like the
0: long term thinking. What do you think are the biggest challenges at the moment for e commerce businesses? What do they face today, especially when costs are increasing so dramatically? So one challenge is just
2: unit economics and we've alluded to this earlier where we can't take returns on a lot of what we sell like heavy equipment because it would become economically unsustainable to sell those things online if we had to eat the costs of returning them in uh, buyers or more cases and things like that and um, a lot of you know other e-commerce businesses they sell a lot on Amazon they're doing FBA or whatever it is they're doing different products but same problem as far as unit economics right with with Amazon taking a big percentage they're not making much margin on each unit so they have they have uh, to rely on the volume and so every business has this mix of margin versus volume and it's hard to set up a profitable e-commerce business these days probably because the market is so saturated price comparison is is really yeah. easy and in the United States the other big challenge is going to be sales tax so the sales tax laws have changed over the last few years in the US and a lot of web store platforms haven't been able to adjust in terms of the reporting, as I alluded to earlier, a lot of sellers are probably getting into it late, or maybe they're finding out the hard way that that they should be charging sales tax on something if they're getting notified by a state. So this is a problem that's specific to the US, but it's going to be facing everybody who grows beyond a certain volume of business, regardless of, of what product they're selling.
0: I'm talking to Anatoly, who is an entrepreneur, an e-commerce expert, a salesman. And if you can see the video on YouTube, there are a lot of awards in his background. How did it go then? So you opened your first store or you provided help other peoples to, to grow? What came first?
3: Yeah, when I started August, I found out what is e-commerce. I started studying, consuming all the YouTube uh, influencers and trying to understand how it works. And I said to myself, "Done. I'm gonna be doing that for all my life. And uh, whatever it happens, I understand that 95 or even 99% of people are failing and quitting. I won't be that person. I will be that top one person who's gonna be win. I put this setup in my brain in that way. And I had so much fails. I was just uh, trying to start with my store. I didn't think about the service. I didn't think about the agency. That moment, I was just like." I'm gonna be a builder brand, as always. As everyone, I see all common beginners' goals. It's just like I will now launch and I'm gonna be build a brand, I'm gonna be the millionaire, and like this is how it goes. <laughs> yeah. But I, definitely I see this a not lot that in way.
0: Facebook groups and, and Instagram and wherever those. People come together and the newbies always uh, think, yeah, i going to start and uh, it will...
3: Yeah, so I started with Dropshipping model. My first store mm-hmm. had been launched uh, 29th September of 2017. And I started spending everything what I had. Plus I have got five extra part-times. To plus I, I used to work as a business developer. In the gas company, and uh, from seven thirty a.m. till five thirty p.m., I was in the office, and after six thirty p.m., I was on part-time serving the villas, restaurant tables, and so on. Just whatever is gonna be giving me a cash. And on free time at night, before getting asleep, I was studying and consuming the YouTube, and was working as a actor on the video shooting for Bollywood movies, on the photo shooting for some kind of advertising in Dubai. So I was doing whatever I can just to grab the cash. And instead of saving because my baby is coming, I start making decent money for that particular moment of my life. Instead of saving, I was spending everything on Facebook. And the major problem again, for, because I was newbie, I didn't know any people out there, I didn't have any mentorships. I just waste all the budget, everything what I had, all my savings, even more. I started owning from people money and uh, borrowing the money. And I didn't have the time, I didn't have money to fly for, my, for the delivery of my son. So I have to borrow extra uh, cash to go there because all the time, since the uh, beginning of October till end of January, I was just spending on something which I didn't have clue how to manage. Because on YouTube, nobody telling you exactly step by step, small details, how to manage that. I was just grabbing information from thousands of people in YouTube and obviously it didn't work out because you have to follow only one strategy and step by step moving with that and only that. So that I didn't know. And finally, end of January 2018, I found out the mentor. It was a mastermind, whereas the person is jumping on Zoom call on the group coaching and helping analyzing the ad accounts, analyzing the store's products and telling you what to do step by step. And in the first fifteen days of training, my first eight thousand dollars in sales, profitable sales, I like, wow, that's that's how it should." After wasting all that time, and my wife was saying, and my wife was saying to me that she will divorce me if I won't stop. I was like, I have seen the light at the end of the tunnel.
0: <laughs> oh, and it changed finally because of the mentorship. What exactly did you change? Did you change the products or the strategy or was it simply
3: a wrong setup that you did? Simply, I didn't know what KPI to look for. I didn't know what like, criteria I have to follow and what step-by-step action I have to do. For example, the first months I was like launching the campaigns and make the changes of these active campaigns during the day. I was killing campaigns on the middle of the day, launching another one for in the middle of the day. So it just burning the advertising budget without even let ads optimize. And at the same time, like, I didn't know about the columns, what kind of columns KPIs I have to look for. Like, nobody was explaining at that time about it. They were just speaking about the strategies, nothing else. And I like... Wow, that's so simple. I just organized my columns in the Facebook Ad account. Oh my God, I had so many checkouts on this product, on that product. Oh my God, this is what I have to look for. Uh, it's so simple. And uh, the common uh, newbie's mistakes uh, like, oh. And my mentor said to me, listen, man, you have here a potential winner. I was testing one product again and again. It didn't work out. I moved to another one, another one. And he said, you have a winning product on your store. Test it out. I just uh, launched the campaigns, as he said, on the way how he explained it boom winner on the board you've seen a lot of things on the market
0: did the trends change over the past few years yes
3: yes definitely like there was not like completely changed but there was changes in the process and a lot of like ios 14 updates tracking issues uh covid happened Uh, a lot of econ businesses were actually expanding but a lot of the businesses has been shut down the doors who were not able to manage Mm -hmm. uh, the changes the thing is that i would say every six to eight months happening some huge update or change which is really uh, helping us to adapt i mean helping us to grow by adapting and implementing new skills or shut down the doors. Mm. And that's what is in the last two years, I would say, happening since uh, middle of 2021, when Facebook uh, score happened, like 2019 March, we made in three weeks $250,000. And after that, in the 20th of March, I believe, update of the Facebook happened, Facebook score page. And suddenly, bam, next day, we have zero traffic to our store just because the Facebook updates happen and so many people just quit on dropshipping, quit on their e-commerce businesses because they didn't know how to handle that. We as well had no clue, but as always, we were repeating to ourselves, we are going to manage, that's it. And that's really what I believe the biggest difference for people who are staying on the boat and moving forward and growing or people who are just like seeing the hard moments and decided to not learn on mistakes and just quit on the stuff because it's easy so basically yeah the changes has been happening and it's still continues happening all the time now the uh, this kind of tracking issues which is going already for a year uh, TikTok show up TikTok completely changed the industry twitter start performing much better than ever before because like when elon musk could just complete the uh, purchase uh, uh, setup. So, so there is so much opportunities right now. Like it's endless. But the thing is, it's becoming harder to jump on the board. It's becoming harder to start it. But definitely, if you start, if you figure it out, you like there is no way back. Like I know that even even if Facebook will shut down the advertising, I will be on the right different direction. Before. I remember when we opened the agency, I said, we're gonna be the Facebook agency. I don't care about Google. I don't care about anything else. We're gonna be a Facebook agency. This is what we master, and we're gonna be mastering it even harder. When iOS 14 updates happens, when TikTok show up, we just understanding that no, that's not correct. To survive in e-commerce, and especially if you are a brand or a dropsh- simple dropshipping store, and you have a consistent results, you won't be ever having any more consistent results if you want adapt to the changes and do not start creating the ecosystem for your business, which is like start advertising on the Google, Facebook, TikTok, Snapchat or Twitter, and especially making the backup setup of all marketing. That's actually what we are focusing in the agency, and that's allowed you to scale I'm talking to Mustafa from Push Analytics and, uh, well, those guys are
0: growth engineering and sales process experts delivering double and triple digit growth to your businesses. This is how it is stated on your LinkedIn profile, Mustafa. Welcome to the show. I've checked your LinkedIn profile. You're talking about doubling or tripling uh, the growth of businesses. What what is the importance of process for e-commerce businesses?
4: So process is very important in every business and it's particularly important in e-commerce businesses. You need to have good enough processes where you're able to understand your inputs and outputs. And particularly because if you don't really have good enough processes, then you won't have good enough data, right? An so e-commerce business, it's almost, it's almost like a little game, if you will, where you have different inputs and outputs and you need to be able to like look at the outputs and then control your inputs making decisions to change the outputs and then see what happens in the outputs and then go back and control your, control your decisions again to keep getting the best mm-hmm. outcome.
0: Yeah, that's very interesting. But how do you get to such data? It's easy to say it is needed and fully understandable. But I think business owners do not understand or do not know which data to track. So what would you say is important for an e-commerce store owner to understand which data to track at all and how to do that?
4: So a lot of people now are using for e-commerce, chances are they have some data already, but they might not be using it particularly. Mm -hmm. If they're using a platform like Shopify, which a lot of people do, and then there might be, and they have their like analytics tracking set up for Google Analytics and stuff, they might want to add some more events or add some more data points to track. But really the bigger thing in the case of e-commerce business specifically is that they, it's like you have to look at the data in a certain way and you have to get all the information a holistic view to be able to look at it in a certain way. So that's one of the things that we've been doing since early is we have our own like internal analytics that we use when we're doing growth, uh, growth marketing, which is just the stuff that we know is very important to look at for growth. And we're looking at it all holistically in one spot to be able to drive consistent decisions on a daily level. We understood
0: now how important data is for your business and for refining business processes in e-commerce. Can you share some strategies that e-commerce businesses
4: can implement right now to get immediate draw? Yeah, so I would say, I would say right now, the one thing that you really want to start doing, if you don't do this already, go back, take a look at your data and understand what's happening. So it's not about, it's not going to be about getting immediate ROI. Although you could, you might find something that, you know, really is, hey, wait a minute, why is everybody falling at this point? Why is it that, for example... Our ads have a really high click-through rate. People are engaging very high. But then they come to the website. So there's a lot of traffic coming to the website. But then our conversion rate is just so bad. It's just so bad. So what's happening? Oh, and then they all actually, they're actually adding stuff to cart. But then they just fall off after that. You know, why? Or maybe you find that a page is broken. Maybe you find yeah. that something is wrong. There could be easy wins. Sometimes there is. There could be easy wins, but we just detect something. And I'll give you like a little tangent here, a little example. We had yeah. somebody, There was there was like a, drop a sudden drop in conversion one day and we're like hey you know we looked around we did diagnosing we're like wait a minute did you guys make a change to the website like, yeah we changed the banner why we're like we'll change it back because this the banner actually it was like a big change to the website it didn't seem big but for people right and it made a big difference right so the banner actually had just by changing the banner image it had a big effect on the traffic coming in believe it or not right so these little things can actually matter but the only way you're going to know is if you're looking at the data. And so you have to be looking at the data and you have to be looking at it constantly. And again, we do the top-down approach where we start at the top and understanding how the metrics interact with each other, stand at the top, and then keep digging in as needed. Today we are talking
0: about Shopify and yeah, e-commerce in general, I'd say. I have a real great specialist with me today. His name is Clayton, and he is a Shopify expert since 2019. He achieved over $20 million in extra client revenue generated from website redesigns, has over 100 plus five-star reviews, local business finalists in Australia, and he did over 1,500 free website video reviews for his customers, also special, 1,000 plus page one results on Google for his clients. Hey Clayton, welcome to the show. Is there
5: something in general that you'd say, this is typical for typical mistakes that store owners do? Uh, There's always about five that nearly everyone makes a mistake on. So the first one would be their homepage. They don't understand how to flow that page and how to actually correctly build that page. Uh, The second one is their product page doesn't have all the information about the product or build trust or have the benefits sometimes if there is benefits for the product. Most products there is. So they mess that up as well. The third one, site navigation. Uh, The more products you have, the more important site navigation is. The fourth one is their checkout. They don't add the logo and their colors into the checkout. So there's a disconnect when someone goes to the checkout. It's completely different to the rest of the website. That happens a lot. And the fifth one and one of the most important is people don't optimize their site for mobile most likely 50 to 90% of your traffic is going to come from mobile phones. So it's very important that you optimize your site for mobile. I think one of the reasons this happens is because a lot of people that build their website themselves, they're at their home computer. Most likely, most people are working on their laptop desktop. They see the Website on their laptop and desktop, and think that's okay, but they don't actually go check on. That's interesting
0: well. because I think everyone knows already that mobile is the most important traffic, especially in B two C. Uh, I'm not talking about B two B. There is still different, and we see more navigation on desktops. But for B two C, that's common. Do you do you think the people are not aware of it? I mean, you said they are working on the laptop and they do not
5: check it, but don't they know it? I've really thought a lot about this and. I think when people are working on their business, they want to sit down and and see their website look good mm-hmm. on their desktop and stuff like that. And it's like an afterthought. I even worked with someone who had 97% traffic mobile, which is like one of the highest I've seen. And they cared more about what their website looked like on a desktop okay. than it did on mobile, which is like pretty full on. But I'd say most people understand, but still some mm-hmm. people don't understand, I think. Okay, people. very interesting. And how much money
0: would I need to allocate to get an expert? What do you think? What is the right amount of money for small companies?
5: It really depends. What I normally always say is that you can spend $20 on a website Mm -hmm. or a million dollars on a website. So it really depends on what stage you're at. So if you're making, let's just say you're making $20,000 a year, it doesn't make sense to spend $20,000 on a website. But if you're making like five million dollars a year, then it makes sense to spend twenty, thirty thousand dollars on a website because the impact on the quality of the website could be a massive for a massive brand. <coughs> so it really depends what stage you're at on what levels you need, sort of thing. So if you're just starting out, probably you don't want to spend too much money on a website. So I definitely wouldn't spend twenty, thirty, forty thousand on a website. But if you're making millions of dollars, yeah, it's definitely worth thinking about spending a lot. Let's
0: say I have a $20,000 per month revenue on my store. What would be the first top three things I should look at to
5: improve that? Definitely the five things that I said before. Probably at that level, you're still making some of those mistakes. But I always like to think if you look at a website, there might be 31% of things where if you just change one of those 1% things, it's not really going to make a big difference. But if you change all 30 of those little 1% things, then it's going to make Mm -hmm. a very big difference. So for for example, a lot of people aren't very consistent throughout their website. So for example, they might have like capitals as a heading on one page and then lowercase on the other page. So it's all these like little consistency things being very consistent throughout the whole website and things like that. So I'd say that's like a one or two percent thing. But then if you do another one percent, another one percent, that's when you start getting the really big results. But it normally goes back to those five things I was talking before. And then you put all the little one percenters on. And if you liked it, don't miss the next episode. See you then. And that's it for this episode of the Ecom
0: Ops podcast. If you enjoyed listening and would like us to find and interview more e-commerce operations experts, please search for EcomOps Podcast in your favorite podcast listening app, and then subscribe, rate, and review. Until next time.